I always felt that Toronto was a very loving city, a very accepting city. I still do. But when you hear stories about what went down yesterday in the church in Wellesley neighborhood, 30 to 40 people gathered on the street corner. Uh, protesters from the Christ Forgiveness and Torch of Christ movements decided to take a bullhorn, stand on a corner and agitate people on uh, one of the first days of Pride Month here in the city in the gay village. Doug Elliott joins us right now. He's a lawyer and an LGBT activist. Doug, do you find this shocking that this happened? You know, here we are in in 2019 and we've got people trying to agitate other people under the guise of, oh, we're just here spreading the word. Well, I suppose I should say it's shocking, but it's not surprising to me. Um, This particular uh, group was uh, in the church in Wellesley area in April. Um, So this is the second time that they've been in the neighborhood trying to disrupt things. This time it was a bit more aggressive, um, and there was also a a faster response by uh, police. But it's sad to say um, we've seen similar incidents like this, uh, not just in Toronto, uh, but there have been uh, so-called Christian groups that have um, try to disrupt uh, pride events across the country and even in small places like Dunville, um, where there's been ongoing harassment of the local pride committee there. They say that they were, you know, being respectful and they were down there just spreading the word. Uh, some people say that, uh, you know, one person was arrested and they were taken away. I think it was a pastor in the group and he's going to be yeah. appearing in court today. And, uh, you know, the, apparently the group is just uh, gobsmacked that they uh, that somebody's been arrested and they say, well, this is all about freedom of speech. I know that, you know, the laws quite well. How how do you look at this? Is this freedom of speech or is this leaning towards hate speech? Well, the court will ultimately decide that, of course, but this particular individual, um, this particular preacher knows very well that he's not, by a city of Toronto bylaw, not allowed to use a bullhorn to um, to convey his message on the streets of Toronto, that that is considered disturbing the peace. He knows that. Uh, so the the idea that he's shocked that he would be arrested is uh, disingenuous in my view. He knew very well that he was breaking the law just by using the bullhorn. Uh, this guy has engaged in other acts of provocation in the past. Um, I think he does. He is a person like Bill Wetcott um, who wants to provoke, wants to confront. Uh, wants to uh, spread hate, actually, and not love. I think he's a disgrace to Christianity, frankly. Um, it's an embarrassment. Uh, you know, I'm a Christian myself. That's not any kind of Christianity that I recognize. If you're trying to spread a message and the message is against a group of people, why would you go straight into uh, the area where it is predominantly uh, filled with that group of people, especially during their uh, one, one month that is dedicated to celebrating who they are? Yes, well, this is not anything new. I mean, Bill Wetcott in, infiltrated the Pride Parade and handed out what I consider to be hate literature. I'm mean, spearheading a class action against him over th- that conduct. Um, when, you know, back in the early 80s, we used to uh, get this kind of abuse when we marched down Church Street from uh, passers by. Um, the Metropolitan Community Church has had uh, bomb threats. I've had death threats. This has been going on for years. And these people, they, they don't love us. 
uh, they hate us and they are there to cause trouble. Um, it's you know I would compare it to, for example, when the Orange Men marched through Catholic areas in Northern Ireland, or the neo Nazis marched through um, uh, uh, Jewish neighborhoods in Illinois, um, or you know that's that's what's going on here. These are haters who are coming directly to the group that they hate to provoke them, to aggravate them, and to demonstrate their contempt for them. That's what's really going on here. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful that the community at Church and Wellesley kept their cool. There was no violence and that the police did their job. Yeah, there was some speculation from people that I I was talking to about this. If, you know, the police had decided to arrest this man for his own protection. But you say, no, everybody was relatively peaceful beyond exchanging words. Yeah, this guy was charged with uh, with hate speech, is my understanding, because, it, you know, it's already been determined by the Supreme Court of Canada in the Whatcott case that just because you claim that you're acting in the name of religion does not exempt you from our hate speech laws. Religion is no excuse for hate speech. And uh, this guy was there in April. I saw the police interview where they said they had consulted the attorney general. Under the criminal code, you can't be charged with hate speech except with the consent of the attorney general. Uh, And since the guy has been charged with the consent of the attorney general, I have to deduce from that that it's hate speech charges that have been laid. And, you know, this guy... uh, is uh, he knows what he's doing? Uh, he can read the Whatcott case, but unfortunately, these people uh, think that they're uh, above the law because they're uh, they understand God's message, and the rest of us don't, according to them. And uh, I think all we can do is uh, bring the law to bear against them. And I hope that they are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. If found guilty, what are the consequences? Well, uh, he could go to jail. He could face a fine. Um, Undoubtedly, there's going to be an order that is going to require him to refrain from this kind of conduct for a prolonged period of time or risk arrest again. So at least we will have the benefit of that kind of protective order that would be in place for a number of years. Sad to say, I think it means that he'll just turn his attention to other targets of his hatred. Seems to be uh, a growing movement for the evangelicals down in the in Christians in the states who have you know a similar kind of um, belief uh, and have been found to to protest and and harass um, LGBT uh, communities and you know and women going into abortion clinics. Do you yep. think that um, that they are helping via social media fuel? what's happening here in Canada and and helping these people become, um, I guess, a little bit more bold in their messaging? Or do you just think this is uh, something that's always been around here in Canada? Well, there's no doubt that it's always been around here in Canada. I mean, I remember very well back when Ken Campbell in Toronto invited Anita Bryant to come up to um, to Toronto to spread her message of hatred uh, 40 years ago. So this has been going on for some time. But these fringe, hateful 
um, so-called Christians, um, they are fueled by the American movement. They've always got money from, they've always for years been getting money and materials and messaging from them. Uh, you know, the border is no protection against the spread of hatred. And these people have been working together for years. And it's, uh, it's continuing to the present day. The group that I mentioned that has been harassing the Pride Committee in Dunville is a group that calls themselves the Street Preachers, and they they come up from the United States uh, every year to harass the uh, Dunville Pride uh, Festival. It's absolutely outrageous. Um, so I hope that um, I hope that the police take this seriously. Uh, they seem to be, and I hope that um, swift and uh, harsh action is taken because. Uh, everyone in the city of Toronto, every Canadian, yeah. deserves to be able to live in peace. And, you know, it's okay to express your religious views. You want to hand me a pamphlet? I have no problem with that. But when you bring a gang into my neighborhood with a bullhorn and start shouting hate speech at me because of my identity, you've crossed a line. Doug, I want to just quickly, if I could, wrap up our, our conversation here with something that our premier said. He said uh, he's not going to be marching in the, the parade parade this year um, because he's not going to march until the Toronto police are uh, allowed to march again in uniform. Yeah. Are, uh, do you think he's doing the right thing? Uh, I don't believe him. <laughs> I, 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 I can tell him that um, there are many pride uh, festivals across this province where police are welcome. I'm currently speaking to you from Elliott Lake in northern Ontario, where the pride festival here welcomes police in uniform. Um, so I would put it back to the premier and invite him to march in one of the pride parades uh, where police are welcome. And uh, if he wants to send a message of solidarity to LGBT police, that's the way to do it. What are the odds you think his calendar is going to be full already? I have a feeling that he's going to be unable to attend due to a subsequent engagement. All right. Well, we'll see, because that's really a good way to put it. If you, you know, because I said if he doesn't march, I get why he wouldn't march if that's his... uh his belief is that uh, I'm not marching until the Toronto police are reinstated in uniform and welcome to the Pride Parade in Toronto. Um, I said, well, if that happens, I want to see him on a float. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'd love to see him on a float. At a buck of beer the float. Prides, you know, like let's make a buck of beer float at one of the other cities in Ontario where. Uh, police officers are welcome, and uh, I'm going to be encouraging those pride committees to invite the premier. Nice. Okay. <laughs> All right, Doug. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what happens there.